Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome in. It is the VSIN Bet Center here on a Saturday, March the 19th. I'm Brady Cannon, live from the Circa Resort and Casino in fabulous downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. My partner, James Salinas, is along via Denver, Colorado, as we enter the round of 32. The field for the NCAA tournament has been cut in half on Thursday and Friday, and there will be the Sweet 16 in place by the time all the dust settles on Sunday evening. James, uh, great to be with you once again, my friend. And I tell you what, the story that I've heard out of Denver, it is truly astonishing that you still have a perfect bracket intact. How did you do that? Uh, my bracket's perfect because I don't actually have a bracket. I haven't filled out a bracket. That's in, what I mean. I don't, know how, <laughs> like, I don't know how long it's been since I filled out a bracket. It's hard enough to just go game to game, let alone try to figure out who's going to go all the way for each and every game. And and, and I think, you know, it, it's kind of interesting, Brady, and thinking about when VEASAN first started back in 2017, uh, they had, the, for their first year for the, the NCAA tournament, it was just in the infancy of the network, and Mr. Bail 80 and crew back then had put out a contest. Now, it was an interesting contest, and I sure wish that a book would pick this up someplace and run this where the contest was, yes, it was, in a sense, the bracket, but you were picking each team or each game by the point spread throughout each round. So after each day, you know, you'd reset it, and the, the lines would be static for that particular day, but uh, that was part of the allure for me because that's how I got connected with the network, Brady. It was, uh, I don't know, 1,100, 1,200 people in there, and the prize 
prize was you got if you won the whole thing, you got to come out to the South Point, be on set, and meet Brent Musburger. And that was the that was enough motivation for me. Brent Musburger was somebody that was the voice of my childhood when it came to sports back in the day uh, when it, when I was a youth. And so that was that was enough incentive for me to stay focused and get out there. But I really loved the format of being able to, in a sense, for the contest each and every round, being able to pick the games against the number. And so far, so good for me the first two days of this tournament this year. All right. Very good to hear. Yeah, not so bad for myself either. I just cashed a winner with Creighton and Kansas. Kansas gets the victory there, but Creighton gets the cash. They went off as about 12.5-point underdogs, and the Kansas Jayhawks will move on. We do have round two tipping off here in less than 10 minutes, James. The Richmond Spiders and the Friars of Providence. It's a Midwest regional tilt from Buffalo, New York, and Richmond got here by upsetting Iowa as nearly a double-digit dog on Thursday. Providence, Providence, they were getting faded by many people in their matchup with South Dakota State, but the Friars did cruise, getting the victory over the Jackrabbits 66-57, to and Providence is not really getting the love in this matchup with Richmond either. They opened up as six-point favorites with a total of 137, and betters have been hitting the Spiders and the under, we're now at Providence laying three and a half with a total of 134. Again, this one tips off here pretty quick, James. Are you going to be in action? I am in action, and I am on that side as well. I took the underdog here at the three and a half. And you think about Richmond having to win that A-10 tournament last week on that Sunday versus David, having to come back in that game. And and it's a, this is a veteran team. If you can say that when we're talking about college kids, Brady, this would be the epitome of what a veteran team in college basketball looks like. They have four fifth-year seniors on this ball club for the Spiders. And I think not only the experience factor, but just the fact that you have kids out there that, yes, they have a sense of maturity being in their young early 20s but also having a sense of some chemistry on the floor and I think you see that play out now they definitely have led by their leader at the guard position with Jacob Gilliard and that kid never comes off the floor I think it's the he has tremendous energy and and they really feed off his competitive spirit out there on the court do the Richmond Spiders he hasn't been subbed out of the last eight games Brady I don't know where this kid just keeps digging in to find that energy to play not only 40 minutes on the court never to come off for a breather, but also have to be the lead facilitator and the playmaker. It's just amazing just to see the energy level that he plays with and how his really feeds his teammates feed off of him. So I did. I think this is going to be a game that is potentially coming down to the last minute. And in this case here for both of these sides, I think Providence, you know, that was the trendy dog, I guess, back on Saturday, right? Was the South Dakota State Bunnies and and the fact that they I stayed away from that game. I didn't play that one, but I think here at Providence in that game the other day they utilized they, they used that as motivation look everybody we're hearing all week long from when the brackets came out on that Sunday through the first five days leading up to that game nobody's picking us to win that's the Cinderella story is going to be South Dakota State well they played that card and they utilized it and played a better game out there they don't have that benefit this time around I think it's gonna be a great game competitive game a low scoring game you talked about the total continuing to go down I get why that why it's moving that way I don't want to play with the total but I did take the three and a half so that's where I'm going I hope it comes down to the last possession in that case there I like my side on the dog 
Well, you and I are going up against it here. I actually laid the three points. I was able to get a three with the Friars. And I think that disrespect card still does exist, James, because we've seen the market move towards the Richmond Spiders here. And I don't think anybody's been real high on Providence for a month now. And I know very well that they were rated as one of the very luckiest teams this year. They got a lot of victories this season by way of being very fortunate. And I think they're going to continue to play that disrespect card here in this one as well what about the fact and we've got a a few different situations like this as we head into the round of 32 what about the fact that Richmond could be a little bit due for a letdown after knocking off the Hawkeyes a big upset there again nearly as double digit underdogs in round one that's always kind of the danger, whether you were the underdog coming back and having that big upset like Richmond or the favorite in a sense where you were able, now you were coming in and maybe you just breezed through that game and or like we saw that with Kansas coming in against Creighton that led up right before this Richmond and Providence game to where, hey, they're short. They lost their big fellow in the middle, did Creighton. They had already lost their point guard last month and maybe somewhat of a letdown for Kansas just feeling like, hey, we've got this in the bag. We're looking ahead towards the Sweet 16. So there can be that factor. I just think here for Richmond, that's why I like that side because of the the experience. Again, four fifth-year seniors on that team, they are going to take full advantage because they know this could potentially be the last game of their college careers. They are not. They know they need to play for 40 minutes. They don't want to sleepwalk through the first the, the first TV timeout or maybe even the first 10 to 20 minutes like we saw earlier today with the, the Baylor Bears really not get started until 10 minutes left were in that game. I just think the seniors on that team will not allow them to have a letdown in particular. Again, Jacob Gilliard, who never comes off the floor. He is just such a high motor player love his game yeah no I think that's a great angle James and we know in the NCAA tournament it's great to have senior leadership certainly that is one of the pieces of criteria you look at when you're trying to pick winners in this tournament and I've been very impressed with Richmond in their conference tournament and it did not surprise me that they got past Iowa I definitely expected them to cover that number I didn't know if they would win outright Uh, a lot of people were really high on Iowa uh, to advance out of that region if you didn't like Kansas everybody was kind of gravitating towards the Hawkeyes but uh, ought to be a good one tipping off here pretty quick with the Providence Friars and the Richmond Spiders. A couple of marquee Power 5 programs going at it right now in Indianapolis. The three-seed Tennessee Volunteers taking on the 11-seed Michigan Wolverines. And Tennessee opened up as a four-point favorite with a total of 137.5. And and they saw most of the action here. They closed as seven-point favorites with a total of 136.5. And And in the early going, it's been all Wolverines. They got out to a quick start they hit their first three shots and two of those were three pointers it was a six nothing lead and then eight to two and right now with about 12 minutes left in the first half Michigan is leading Tennessee 17 to 12 and Michigan remains an underdog in the live market they're catching three and a half points now are the Wolverines and your total has bumped up James to 141 and a half so currently the game on a pace for Michigan and the over it is, and you think about the pace. We're not really sure what we were going to see out of Michigan. They have been dealing with some injuries in the backcourt, rolling into that first game against Colorado State. And I think for Michigan, that might have been a kind of a, a sleepwalk performance in the first 20 minutes against the Rams in that round one matchup on Thursday. Here, they may they learned their lesson from that. You got to play a full 40 minutes, or you are susceptible, especially when you're moving on and playing a team like Tennessee. And you know, it's been an interesting year for Tennessee. And I think this is a team that has it's it's 
young at the guard position, in particular with Kennedy Chandler, a freshman point guard. And they're going. He's going. This team is going to be as effective offensively as he takes them. But what I've really liked to see out of Tennessee recently was the fact that how well this team shares the ball. This is a team that I think is building and finding chemistry on the court, on the offensive side. The, for the collective season, this is a team that has assisted on 63% of their made field goals. That number has increased to 75% over the last seven, over the last five games, Brady. And I think this is where you start to feel that. Teammates start to trust each other. You pass up the good shot for the great shot. And I love the ball movement. Very crisp perimeter passes. A lot of teams come out and they run a lot of, they may run a lot of five-out offense, but they're going to run a lot of high ball screens in the middle of the floor. Tennessee doesn't really do that. In particular, they move that ball and reverse the ball quickly from side to side, get a lot of off-ball action, and really force defenses and their opponents to have to play through for, for 30 seconds of the shot clock and be aware of not just where the ball is, can't get caught ball watching because there's a lot of action off the ball for Tennessee. I love the fact that this team is finding itself offensively, continuing to share the basketball. It's a team sport. We know that. And we know second half, sometimes you've got to have somebody that can just step up and make a play. But through the course of full 40 minutes, I love what we've seen out of Tennessee being able to share the ball. And there's another assisted layup for the Tennessee Volunteers right there. Yeah, and they are right back in it here as they trail by just a point now, 17 to 16 at the 11 minute mark of the first half. Back to Providence and Richmond here just a moment. The Spiders have covered four games in a row, James, so you're looking to make it five in a row there. Also, their last two games have gone under the total. Uh, Two of the three postseason games for Providence have stayed under the total, and of course, the winner of this contest will go on to face the Kansas Jayhawks next week in the Sweet 16. More college basketball talk coming up as we roll through the VEASAN Bet Center on the round of 32 Thursday here from Circa. And of course, my partner, James Salinas from Denver, Colorado. Stick around, it's VEASAN's Bet Center right here at the Circa Resort and Casino in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human-moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends 
safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. That's my game. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game in every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops, Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, and Tim Murray. They have insights on every key team, conference, and player to watch, from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today to get the betting guide, plus full access to VSIN through the end of the tournament, April 5th, for only $19. Check it out at vsin.com slash madness. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you inside the VEASAN Bet Center checking in on a round two matchup between a couple of big programs, the Tennessee Volunteers and the Michigan Wolverines. And right now, Michigan hanging on to a lead 22 to 20. I believe Tennessee has not had a lead this entire game. Michigan broke out to a 6-0 lead. Then it was 8-2. to Now, Tennessee has climbed back into it 22 to 20 right now at the eight-minute mark in the first half. And now Michigan has moved to a four-and-a-half point dog of course they went off as seven point dogs and not long ago when they had a five point advantage they were just three and a half point dogs in the live market now Tennessee laying four and a half they remain the favorite your total is unchanged James at 141 and a half any thoughts about getting involved in this game uh, from a live wagering aspect I guess for me, I'm already on Tennessee. It's part of a money oh, okay. parlay that I did, so I didn't want to lay the I didn't want to lay the number with Tennessee, where it was, I, I saw it fluctuating. I think it closed at six and a half. At one point, it was up to seven and a half earlier today. I just went in through it. It was part of a parlay that I had with Kansas to win the game outright with their money line, as well as uh, the St. Mary's UCLA game as part of that parlay. So we'll talk about that later in the program when we get closer to tip off there. But I, I just think for Tennessee, they're already they're the transition pace is there for them. They've created some 
some opportunities defensively. They've gotten four turnovers out of Michigan in their half-court sets thus far. Turned into eight points, fast-break points right now, eight in favor of Tennessee, eight to zero. And Tennessee, this is a team that can shoot the ball from the outside. We saw that in the first game of the tournament. Man, they hit everything in that first game against Longwood. And a lot of open shots against a smaller team like the like Longwood Lancers were going to be here. But I think for Tennessee, they've made a concerted effort to get to the basket, get inside, the, the move the basketball, reverse the ball, and then penetrate off the bounce. They've only taken one, uh, one shot from beyond the three-point range for the first 20 shots from the floor here, Brady, to kind of contrast the opposite. 19 shots from the floor for Michigan – eight of them coming from behind the arc, four of those going down. So a hot start so far for the Michigan Wolverines hitting four three-pointers halfway through the first period, through the first half here, but just a two-point lead for Michigan at this point. Yeah, that's an interesting strategy. We know Tennessee plays really good defense, and maybe Michigan's figuring, hey, let's uh, get our outside shot going, and we know it's going to be tough going trying to penetrate into the paint and whatnot against this Volunteers squad, who really, you know, began to really impress me James when they got the win over Kentucky in Knoxville with about a month left to go in the season. Then they go on to win the conference tournament. This has been a really impressive run for the Volunteers who have won currently eight games in a row and right now trailing again by two points, 22 to 20 at the commercial break, about eight minutes left to go in the first half there from Indianapolis. Richmond and Providence are underway, James, and the Friars out to a quick start here up on the Spiders of Richmond, 7-2, to two, and they have moved to 6.5-point favorites in the live market. Your total has bumped up to 139.5, and that's another three-pointer for the Friars. Make it 10-2 to two, Providence out early in front of Richmond. Getting after it early and playing with a lot of confidence. And and this was the team we've seen this out of Providence. Uh, this was where... Uh, really just a hard-nosed defensive side of the floor. They're going to be hard to score on, and there's Durham again from three. That's the one. I think that was the kid that came over from Indiana. He's really found a role here with the Providence Friars in that backcourt. And uh, to me, so much of that comes down to the thinking about Providence and, and their ability not only to play defense on the interior. I think that's the mismatch here for Richmond. Can they find their way to get some easier shots on the interior? Because I think with Nate Watson patrolling in that middle, it's going to be it's going to be difficult for Richmond to find some shots off the bounce. They're going to have to move the basketball around. And a hot start right now from from the Providence Friars hitting. They've already hit two out of three from downtown, four out of five thus far in the early going from the field, getting some open looks. And you know, both these teams coming in, I think, with the the momentum for Providence in particular, coming off that kind of feeling like the chip was on their shoulder, like you talked about in the last segment, Brady going up against South Dakota State and maybe still playing that, using that as motivation going into this game here against Richmond. Uh, long way to go in this game. We just missed, looked like we just had two straight misses from the free throw line for the Spiders as well. The Tennessee Volunteers had a chance to tie it there. They miss a three-pointer, and Michigan is back on offense, but Tennessee gets another stop, trailing 22-20 to and seven minutes left to go in the first half there, and they do tie it. 22 apiece now between Tennessee and Michigan. Again, Tennessee has not had a single lead in this ballgame. Uh, just into the midpoint or past the midway point of the first half. Now under seven minutes to go, tied 
at 22 apiece. James, you talked about uh, the West Coast battle, St. Mary's and UCLA. Let's go ahead and take a look at that game. It'll be tipping off less than an hour from now, Northern California versus Southern California. And no, we're not talking about the Giants and the Dodgers. This is the Gales of St. Mary's taking on the Bruins of UCLA on the hardwood in Portland, Oregon. Now, St. Mary's got here by pounding the Indiana Hoosiers on Thursday, 82-53. to UCLA advanced with a really gutty performance over the Zips of Akron, 57-53. Bruins got the win. Akron got the cash. UCLA opened up in this one, James, as three-and-a-half-point favorites with a total of 127, and right now we're seeing a little bit of money come in on the underdog St. Mary's Gales and under the total. Right now, Bruins laying three with a total of 126. How do you see this one playing out, and are you – well, I guess you said you are involved from a money money line parlay standpoint. It is. I did take St. Mary's plus the two and a half here as part of the the last leg of that three leg parlay where I had it with Tennessee and Kansas as the for money line pro, money line perspective. There it pays just slightly over two to one uh, for that parlay. But thinking about this game here, you talked about that total and it ticking down. I mean, both these teams, especially for St. Mary's, they're going to slow the pace down. They're going to work their sets. They've got great guards. I love the backcourt with Tom, Tommy Cousy and and Logan. Johnson, Joe, Logan Johnson was an actual recruit to Cincinnati back under Mick Cronin when Cronin was there coaching the uh, the, the Bearcats a few years ago. So, uh, and, and I think that he's had great things to say about Logan Johnson. He's a great kid. He's a great leader for that team. And I think for St. Mary's, you know, this this is their eighth trip to the dance under Randy Bennett, and this is the highest seeding they've had as a number five seed rolling into this year's tournament. And this is a really, you know, th- this team is another team that's got some veteran leadership there again in the back court with Kuzi and, and Johnson, but also the fact that this team is finding itself as the season is progressing and, and being able to share the basketball, getting open shots. And I think that's where here for St. Mary's, you know, they've shot since February 1st, the Gales have shot 51% from the floor on two-point shots and 38% from the three-point line. That tells me that they are working the basketball, finding good shots, and trusting themselves. And I think on the other side here, uh, the the struggle for UCLA, I think, is has been they're a half-court team, too. And it's really turned into, the offense has turned into Jaime Hawkes. Hawkes has just been one to either start off at the elbow in the high post or back you down on the block on the low post because that's the, the weakness for UCLA is they're bigs. They're not very skilled with the ball. They can't step out. They don't have any ball skill to be able to put it on the floor. They're not great. They're not able to shoot very well either. So it's had to be Hawkes really having to back teams down and facilitate their offense for the Bruins out of the post with with Jaime Hawkes. And I think the biggest concern for me for UCLA is the fact that Johnny Juzang, I just don't think once he missed back last month when he hurt his ankle up in Oregon, he missed a few games since he has returned. I just don't think he's nearly anywhere close to 100%. He has only shot the ball from 36% from the floor, including just 27% from three-point land and not taking a lot of attempts from the outside. That tells me he's just not feeling – he's not getting the lift out of his legs and he doesn't trust his jump shot right now because of that ankle. And really it was Tiger Campbell, Brady, that had to to bail them out 
the other night on last. I think they were down four with just a couple minutes to go. He scored eight straight. So great, great game from Campbell late in, in crunch time for the Bruins. But this is going to be a battle here. So I did. I took St. Mary's plus the two and a half. I think I'm also going to get involved with the money line, too, because I think this is where the upset happens. I like St. Mary's to win this game. They're sitting at plus 130, plus 135. I'm probably going to take some of that as well. Yeah, James, you and I are uh, riding together on this one. I am on the Gales as well. Uh, of course, I come from Northern California, so I wouldn't uh, be likely to bet on Southern California. Just kidding there. I'm with you. No, I think uh, I think maybe a little bit of disrespect here, and maybe the odds makers are, you know, there's a marquee name in UCLA, and, of course, their national championship history against St. Mary's. You mentioned the highest seed they've ever been under Randy Bennett in the tournament. There's not a lot of people across the country that know where St. Mary's is or who they are. And, and the odds makers are also telling you it's a pretty good contest with just a two and a half or three point spread. I'm with you. St. Mary's, I think, has the better defense and uh, Randy Bennett, you know, playing in the West Coast Conference going up against Gonzaga year in and year out. They certainly are battle tested. We will come back and talk a little bit more about that game. Also take a look at some of the odds to make the Elite Eight when we return on the VEASAN Bet Center. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Wendy's and Adult Swim's Rick and Morty are teaming up to invite Las Vegas locals and basketball fans to get swifty at the first ever Morty's Mayhem pop-up. This weekend only at the Resorts World East Garden Plaza, the immersive experience begins the show off the screen and onto the strip with never-before-seen animations of Wendy's breakfast characters in the Rick and Morty universe and the return of the elusive Pickle Rick Pickle Frosty. Boom! Big reveal! While in the alternative universe, fans can also use a play a life-size game of Plinko, score exclusive swag, and try items from Wendy's delicious menu lineup. Check out Wendy's Morty's Mayhem at Resorts World through Sunday right here in Las Vegas. Welcome back into the VEASAN Bet Center. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you, keeping a track on the round of 32 action. Also some NIT action today and some NBA. By the way, they are at halftime in Minnesota, and the Minnesota Timberwolves Closed as three-point favorites over the Milwaukee Bucks, and they're taking it to Milwaukee right now at the half, 68-56. to 56. They are nine-and-a-half-point favorites in the live market with a total of 246-and-a-half. Big total there in the live market between the T-Wolves and the Bucks. Michigan and Tennessee, the Volunteers have their first lead of the afternoon, Mr. Salinas. And I know that makes you happy. It does me, too. I, I'm a fan of this Tennessee team, and I used them on a money line Parlay as well earlier today, but that one is a torn ticket because I had the Baylor Bears uh, as a money line play today as well, parlayed with Tennessee. And, of course, we'll talk about Baylor going down, the defending champs, and a number one seed taken out by North Carolina. And just as soon as Tennessee grabs their first lead, Michigan grabs it right back. 32-31 to 31 now. The Wolverines remain a four-and-a-half-point dog and make it a five-and-a-half-point dog as Tennessee goes back on top. 34-32, and Tennessee a five-and-a-half-point favorite in the live market. Your live total really peaking this total, James. Uh, it was uh, before the last break that it was at 141-and-a-half, now at 145-and-a-half in the live market. We were talking about uh, St. Mary's and UCLA. Of course, the Gales will look to get it done with defense. They allow 60 points per game, ranking ninth in scoring defense. UCLA, 41st in scoring defense, allowing 64.5 points per game. 
Let's take a look back at what we saw go down earlier today. I mentioned the NIT, and this was a team a lot of people thought should be in the big dance, the Aggies of Texas A&M. Uh, they are in the NIT, and they are moving on as they took out the Oregon Ducks in a big way, 75-60. to 60. They were four-point favorites in this game, and it stays under the total of 142. Now, it was North Carolina and Baylor that kicked off the round of 32 in the NCAA tournament earlier this morning, and the eighth-seeded Tar Heels took out the defending champs, the number one seed in the East region. They beat the Baylor Bears in overtime, 93-86. to And I tell you what, James, Carolina led this game at one point by 25 points. Baylor made a heck of an effort to just get this thing to overtime, but eventually the Tar Heels wear them out in the extra session, and North Carolina will face the winner of St. Mary's and UCLA. Brady, for this, not only through the first two days of this tournament, but also last week, is really last week with the conference tournaments. I really just, I, I typically don't bet a whole lot on college basketball until football season is completely over with and I can shift my focus because usually during the NFL season, majority of my focus is going to be on the National Football League. But then I, I start to get into, we get into February after the Super Bowl, start to dabble here and there and start doing a little half unit here and a half unit here just to get a piece just to get a little momentum going and then the tournaments start going and you start losing a game by a half a point here and a missed free throw there and you start to up the ante a little bit and I've been up in the ante quite a bit now fortunately I've been incredibly successful the last two weeks uh, but after the la after yesterday and the success I had I said yeah you know what Brady I'm going to dial things back a little bit no more of these five unit plays and five unit parlays and some of the wild things that I've been doing so I did I took North Carolina plus the five and a half I just did it for two units. And at halftime, I was feeling like, man, I just cost myself three dimes. I should have put another five-unit play like I had been doing. And then as the as the meltdown started to happen in the last 10 minutes of that second half, I was glad I dialed things back because you could totally feel it. Now, I, I know that when, when Manic was tossed and he threw that elbow, and I, I'll tell you what, that kid, um, the, the kid for Baylor that was just getting into their head, Sohan, man, he was just getting into, he was trying to be very physical. He's a really feisty player, plays with a lot of grit and was trying to get North Carolina into their heads. He got into it with Baycott a couple of times. Obviously, Manic got tired of it through the elbow. He They tossed Manic out of that game, and they had a 25-point lead at that point, and there was about 10 minutes left to go in the second half, and man, that just absolutely fired up the Baylor Bears, and it was you could just feel the meltdown coming out of North Carolina. You think, yeah, you got a 25-point lead with 10 minutes to go. You can hang on and hang on. Brady, that's exactly what it did. I, I was not impressed with the second. That was a tale of two halves for Carolina, really a tale of 30 minutes and 10 minutes for Carolina. R.J. Davis was terrific in the first half, as was Carolina. They had 12, field, field, 12 assists on 14 made field goals, I believe, in that first half and just two turnovers. Completely different game. And the pressure, I think the Baylor Bears, that full-court pressure that they were putting on, not only from a physical standpoint, but I think the mental pressure that we started to see the put on the Tar Heels, they just started a cave and it's hard this is the champ this last year's defending champion and I know there's a lot of talent that was lost from last year's team and in particular you think about the backcourt that they had with with Mitchell and with Butler last year I think that team those players would not have allowed Baylor to kind of sleepwalk through that first half like they did so yeah it ended up cashing there but I didn't feel good about that you could just totally feel the wheel the wheels were coming off and they were very fortunate it was North Carolina to win that basketball game today Brady well you're you're betting six 
success and dialing it back down reminds me of a famous line in a Grateful Dead song that when life looks like easy street, there's danger at your door. So good move by you to uh, maybe scale it back and get a front of that. uh, Maybe that swing of uh, things going the other way coming at you here. Hopefully they do not. Uh, The number one seed in the Midwest region, Kansas, took on the Blue Jays of Creighton today in Fort Worth, Texas. Kansas closed as 13 point favorites with a total of 140 and a half. I mentioned James earlier in the show. I took 12 and a half with the Creighton Blue Jays, and that was enough to get the cash. They fell to the Jayhawks 79 to 72. They were trailing by just one point with about a minute or two left in this game, and they really just kind of melted down the stretch. It's like they got so close to tasting victory, and they just couldn't get over that hump. Kansas prevails and moves on, but the Jayhawks got a real scare out of the Blue Jays. Well, Blue Jays were just absolutely lighting it up from the outside. They had 12 three-pointers. They're, they're a team, one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the country. They had 12 of those three-pointers today, and I think because of the loss of Ryan Kalkbrenner, who hurt his knee in that win, that comeback win against San Diego State, good for Creighton, a great job to be able to come back and battle back. I had the Blue Jays in that game against the Aztecs, and uh, but I think the loss there kind of changed up what it was going to look like for Creighton. We knew they were already missing Nemhard, their point guard, earlier in the season. He got heard about a month ago and he's been lost for the season too so definitely shorthanded for the Blue Jays going into this game but man what a competitive effort again out of Creighton and and I've got some concerns with Kansas going forward that I know there's a lot of talk and the the fact that I was out of their region now and it should be a cakewalk to the final four for Kansas Brady, not with that defense, and in particular that their perimeter defense. This is Abaji is what he is. Abaji's going to be their scorer, and you know sometimes these great scorers they take they they rest on the defensive side as opposed to the offensive side. Abaji's not a great defender. He's not going to be a physical defender, but really, I think Wilson. I think that was the one. I just kept watching Jalen Wilson. He is honestly Brady. He's lazy. He's lazy out on the perimeter. He does it. He has a no technique to close out to shooters, and he's one of those guys that will not step over to shut the drive lane he is going to he's going to swipe at the ball with his hand he drove bill self crazy today he's built self got into him on the sideline he sat him for a while but then they had mccormick out there and i think we saw the five out offense for the blue jays really expose mccormick he's not somebody who can get out to shooters he can't guard on the perimeter he has to be in the paint and so there's just some things that i took away from kansas on the defensive side that i really have concerns with we know mccormick's a big fella he's not going to be able to play out on a five out offense so if you you have bigs that have skill with the ball. He's going to be exposed out there if you pull him away from the painted area. But more so, I think not only with Abaji, but more, but definitely with Wilson. Not a physical defender whatsoever. Not a disciplined defender at all in the help side. I, I just think there's some issues with Kansas on that end of the floor going forward. Kansas, one of the shortest shots to make the Elite Eight at minus 380. And, of course, they will play the winner of Providence and Richmond. And Providence right now up on the Spiders, 24-11, to 11, under 11 minutes left to go in the first half there. Providence has moved to a 10.5-point favorite in the live market. Your total at 140.5. Tennessee now starting to get on Michigan, and they have gone to the break 37-32. You wouldn't have guessed that the Volunteers would have a five-point advantage at halftime, the way the first half was going. Every time they would get close, Michigan would turn it around again, but in the end there, at the end of the first half, Tennessee 
37-32. They are now six and a half point favorites for the entire game. 142 and a half is your total. Uh, the Kansas Jayhawks, of course, will take on the winner of Providence and Richmond. And I'll ask you when we come back, James, we're going to be joined by a guest, but I want to ask our guest as well if there are some warning signs. You talked about it, not liking everything that you saw from Kansas today. I think I'm with you. Can they get past their next opponent, either the Spiders or the Friars? We'll come back and continue with the VSIN Bet Center. Stick around. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are busted. Can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. 
The college basketball season is in full swing. Grab a five-hour energy to stay alert and watch all your favorite games. Or if you stayed up late to see that intense overtime game, take a five-hour energy shot in the morning so you can energize your day. With zero sugar and an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine, it's the perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done. Go to 5hourenergy.com to find over 15 flavors to choose from. With flavors like grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue raspberry, and more, there's a flavor for everyone. Get a 5-hour energy today. They're underway in the third quarter, about halfway through the third quarter, and Minnesota really just taking it out on the Milwaukee Bucks. 93-71. to They are now 18.5-point favorites in the live market. Tennessee and Michigan at the half, 37-32 in favor of the Volunteers and Providence. All over Richmond, 30-18 to right now, under eight minutes left in the first half there, and the Friars have moved out to a 10.5-point favorite in the live market, your live total at 144.5. Rohit Panea now joins us. He is a sports betting analyst and content producer for Covers.com. You can follow him at Covers underscore Row. Rohit, how are you? Thank you for joining us here on the VEASAN Bet Center. Are you enjoying uh, March Madness as the much of the rest of us? Oh, I'm loving March Madness, loving the UFC fights, uh, loving all the action we're getting on a Saturday here. Rowett, uh, James and I were talking in the last segment about the Kansas victory over Creighton, and the Blue Jays really gave them all they wanted there. In fact, they had it down to just a one-point game with only a minute or so left, and eventually they just kind of fell apart there, couldn't hang on and keep it close with the Jayhawks, and Kansas moves on to the Sweet 16. They'll face the winner of Richmond and Providence, but I, I thought Kansas, for both James and I, we saw some flaws with this team. When when these brackets came out, everybody thought that they had the easiest path to the Final Four, but I don't know. They almost stumbled today. Will they in the next round? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's really tough because uh, none of the teams, uh, really none of the one seeds, uh, none of the two seeds, or even the three seeds look like a perfect team. They all definitely have flaws. Uh, we've definitely seen it with Kansas. We saw it today against a Creighton team that was missing a couple key players. And uh, in general, I look at this Kansas team and I still think it's got a pretty decent path uh, to get through there. Uh, you can't ask for much more than Creighton and moving on to the next round. Uh, they'll have either uh, Richmond or uh, more looks like Providence to deal with. But uh you know, it's not going to get any easier from there on in. But at the same time, I really like their depth. I like the fact that they can run the floor with a lot of guys. And uh, being able to win those tough games uh, definitely says something as well. And you've got to also take into consideration that uh, that Creighton really caught on fire from deep, especially in that first half. There's always going to be variance with that sort of thing. And you're not necessarily going to always play opponents that happen to catch fire from deep. So that's sometimes a one-off. And uh, you can't uh, take too much away from that. Let's go to the card tonight and games coming up here. We've got a game tipping off here in about 20 minutes. Team that was in the Final Four and made a tremendous run last year is one of the, the I call them the play-in games. We'll say the, the, the first-round games of 68, the UCLA Bruins. Now they're playing St. Mary's, and this is a very vet. This is a tremendous, in my mind, a tremendous backcourt for the St. Mary's Gales. This team knows who they are. They know what their identity is. And on the other side with UCLA, not feeling like Johnny Juzang is 100% healthy from that ankle injury. Now, UCLA is a short favorite. It was three and a half. It's down to two and a half in favor of the Bruins with a total at 125 and a half. Do you have a side or a preference on the total in this game? 
you know, I originally liked the total. I'm starting to shy away from it now. It is a bit low. But in general, I do think this is going to be a lower scoring uh, game between these teams. Uh, I did back UCLA kind of as soon as that number hit two and a half. I felt like the line might have been a bit of an overreaction from their first round game, which was disappointing to say the least. Uh, There's still a lot of things that I like about this UCLA team. I like their depth. I like how many seniors and juniors upperclassmen they have on that team. And in this matchup against St. Mary's, I like the fact that they're just a little bit better offensively than St. Mary's. They execute a little bit better. They're very good at not turning the ball over. I think those little things uh, will definitely come into play in this one. But of course, St. Mary's is very much a live dog. We saw them upset uh, Gonzaga earlier this year. So uh, they're not a team to take lightly at all. Relit, I want to ask you about the Baylor Bears and North Carolina taking out the defending champions and a number one seed there in their region in Baylor. Uh, what were you? What did you take away from that game? Was it more so that North Carolina looks like a real contender, or that Baylor just didn't have it today, and maybe they were a little bit overrated? You know, I, I kind of thought this Baylor team was a bit overrated from the start. Uh, they are a team that was dealing with a lot of bad injuries at the moment. Cryer uh, out, uh, Chama Chachua um, being lost at, towards the end of the season with a season 90 injury. And then on top of that, they turned the ball over a lot. Don't hit their free throws. Those are all things that really come into play in the tournament. Uh, I didn't necessarily think that North Carolina was going to knock them off, but the Tar Heels definitely seem to be peaking right now. Uh, their shooters are... Uh, looking really hot from the outside, and they're just dominating the glass. Anytime you can uh, dominate the boards like that, they have a big size advantage against a lot of these teams they're going to be going up against. It means extra chances on the offensive end and making sure that the opponent doesn't get extra chances on their end. And that definitely came into play in this. Uh, still a bit troubling that uh, North Carolina uh, let a 25-point lead uh, disappear in uh, about 10 minutes, uh, but that'll happen against a team like Baylor that has a lot of firepower. James, let me uh, jump back in here, uh, a follow-up for your row it. Uh, of course, North Carolina will face the winner of the game we were just talking about a little bit, UCLA and St. Mary's. Is there an opponent that you think could give the Tar Heels more trouble, either the Gales or the Bruins? You know, I think it's definitely the Bruins in that one. And I think uh, when you look at a team like the Gales, they are good, especially for a team that's coming out of a smaller conference there, a team that might not get as much attention. But uh, as far as a team like North Carolina goes, a team that has a lot of overall skill, talent, uh, you know, a lot of guys that are top prospects coming out of high school, it's definitely a tougher, uh, tougher matchup to go up against another team that has equally skilled guys, equally highly talented guys who can run the floor, extremely athletic and long. So I think UCLA is definitely the tougher matchup uh, for them in the next round. So thinking about more games on this card, let's talk about the bracket buster that is the St. Peter's Peacocks here taking on Murray State. I don't know how many folks had that matchup here. Maybe Murray State on the one side, but definitely not so much St. Peter's taking that upset in overtime over Kentucky that had a lot of folks thinking they were going to make it to the to the, the final four, if not win the national title. Now with Murray State having to flip that role, I'm sure they were thinking, hey, we're going to play our in-state rival in a sense, the Kentucky Wildcats in this round of 32 and be the underdog in that matchup. In this case here, now they've switched to the role of the favorite and a pretty large favorite here sitting at eight and a half points with a total of 128 and a half. Do you have any preference for this game? 
You know, I'm siding with Murray State in this one. Uh, I don't feel great about it. Eight and a half is a decent amount to be playing against a team in St. Peter's that we saw play so well the other night. But at the same time, I feel like Murray State has just kind of done it all year. They've kind of flown under the radar a little bit, uh, but they've just dominated their uh, competition. Uh, they've played so, so well, and they do it on both ends of the court. I do feel the St. Peter's is not great offensively. We saw them really put on a show the other night, but over the course of the entire season, their overall track record suggests that they are not a good offensive team. I don't think they'll be able to get things going against Murray State in this one. And I also think it's just a bit of a letdown spot. Uh, it was definitely an overwhelming, emotional victory for St. Peter's uh, in that opening round, but it's tough to match that intensity in back-to-back -back games, uh, especially when you're going up against another tough team that is not going to take you lightly. He is Rowett Panea. You can find him at covers.com and also follow him on Twitter at covers underscore row. And row, let's uh, follow up a little bit on that uh, letdown factor that you talked about. St. Peter's certainly uh, was not expected to uh, knock off Kentucky. I believe they're around 18 point underdogs, the Peacocks in that game. But is there a possible psychological edge that you can lean on against Murray State as well? Like James said, Murray State was expecting to get Kentucky here. Are they thinking, wow, we really caught a break. Now all we have to do is play little old St. Peter's. Could that possibly come back to bite them? You know, it definitely is a factor as well. And you've got to wonder what their uh, mental makeup is on their side of things. But at the same time, I feel like these smaller schools, they're used to playing other smaller school opponents. I think they're less likely to uh, look down upon another opponent just because they don't have those four or five star prospects. So I think uh, in some ways you're uh, less likely to uh, undervalue your opponent or overlook your opponent when you're in the shoes of a team like Murray State, which has gone up against those uh, Ohio Valley uh, uh, opponents throughout the season and has been bringing it every night and uh, haven't really had any letdowns there. No, not at all. They have uh, been one of the hottest teams and were one of the hottest teams, a real darling for a lot of pundits out there coming into the big dance. Rowett, thank you so much for joining us and enjoy the rest of March Madness, my friend. You too. Best of luck. All right. That is Rowett Panea of Covers.com. And again, on Twitter, at Covers underscore Row. James, real quick, what do you think about that? There's a lot of psycholo uh, psychological angles, I think, coming in for both St. Peter's and Murray State in this contest that nobody expected. Yeah, it's hard. I, I couldn't get to a side with either of these teams here with St. Peter's. Are they still flying high, the Peacocks, after that big win against Kentucky? Or are they going to roll into this game feeling like, hey, now we're playing with house money, and it's always nice to play with house money, Brady, and there's no pressure on them as opposed to Murray State expecting to be the dog in this matchup against the Wildcats. Now a significant favorite at 8.5. Where's their mindset going in? I'm not really sure. I haven't made a bet on this game. All right. When we come back, we'll update Tennessee and Michigan. They are still at the half 37 32 volunteers in the lead we'll be right back with more on the bet center welcome to 500 greatest songs a podcast based on rolling stones hugely popular influential and sometimes controversial list i'm Brittany spanos and i'm rob sheffield we're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great from classics like fleetwood max dreams to the ronettes be my baby and modern day classics like the killer's mr brightside listen to rolling stones 500 greatest songs on the iheart radio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts hey sarah i love that spring break vlog you posted on zigazoo omg you watched it yeah it was so cool i think you're so talented 
Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March, and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 